time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! Ah! Sorry, the boom <laughs> scared me. This is a show where we wake up with the Saturday morning sun, plop down on the living room floor with a big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And this morning, we watched Courage, the Cowardly Dog, as the first part of our October event. The show Courage, the Cowardly Dog ran from 1999 to 2002, but the pilot originally aired in 96 on Cartoon Network's What a Cartoon, created by John R. Dilworth, produced by Stretch Films, which is John R. Dilworth's uh, production company, and Hanna-Barbera actually produced the pilot of it, but he insisted on keeping it within his stretch films for the remainder of the series, which ran for four seasons, 52 episodes total, which is 102 segments because it's two segments per episode. And this was, as I mentioned, on the Cartoon Network on uh, Cartoon Cartoon, along with Dexter's Laboratory, Powerpuff Girls, and Ed, Ed, and Eddie, just to name a few. For a short synopsis, offbeat adventures of Courage, a cowardly dog who must overcome his own fears to heroically defend his unknowing owners from all kinds of danger, paranormal events, and menaces that appear around the land. That is very accurate. <laughs> yeah. That's that's probably the most accurate description we've gotten. It summarizes the whole series, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's kind of Twilight zone just with the same characters over and over again. Yeah, they, they really have it pretty rough. So, Chris, who were some actors in Courage the Cowardly Dog? Um, so, Courage was voiced by Marty Grabstein. <laughs> it's just a funny name. It sounds like something like a, a little kid would make fun of somebody for if they kept grabbing stuff. Like Grabby McGrabberstein. <laughs> yeah, freaking Grabstein. So, Marty, he hasn't done a whole lot, but he did do some voices for a show called Wonder Chosen, which is the mm. most disturbing, screwed up children's show for adults that you'll ever see in your life <laughs> like if you are not familiar with it please look up wonder shows and on youtube or something because it's hilariously wrong uh muriel was voiced by thea white Eusis was voiced by lionel g wilson who has done lots of random shorts ever since the 1940s and this was the very last thing he ever did before he passed away in 2003 Oh, man. And then their computer, which we, for whatever reason, we didn't see the computer in any of the halves that we watched, but it's listed for almost every episode. <laughs> but computer was voiced by Simon Preble, um, who's done a lot of stuff, but he's mostly known for being a uh, soap actor in As the World Turns. Oh, wow. Which I remember my mom watched constantly when I was a kid, and I hated it. I was more of a Days of Our Lives kid. Oh, you would be. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so for a few tasty marshmallows out of a big bowl of Courage cereal, Dilworth pitched the series to Hanna-Barbera's animated short showcase, What a Cartoon, and the pilot was entitled The Chicken from Outer Space, which aired on Cartoon Network in early 96. Uh, this segment was nominated, actually, for an Academy Award. Wow. But it, it lost to Wallace and Gromit's A Close Shave but I mean, come on! Still, Wallace and Gromit is renowned. So yeah. If you if you're even up there, then you've accomplished something. 
Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it's extremely rare for a pilot of something to be nominated for an award. That's crazy. Yeah. Usually pilots tend to be like the worst of the the bunch when it comes to the actual show. Oh, and unfortunately, we didn't watch the pilot. I didn't know it existed until I started reading up on this. I didn't know either, but I think they read. I feel like they redid that as a an actual episode later on. They didn't I remember it. what happened is that chicken returned for revenge in a future episode. Oh, okay, because I do remember a chicken from outer space, and mm-hmm. he was a creepy chicken. You saw the follow-up episode to the pilot. Man, I didn't realize that there was a completely different pilot. Even though it didn't win the Academy Award, it did win one Annie Award and one of the three Golden Reel Awards that it was nominated for. So this show has been rewarded. What's an Annie Award? I don't even know what that is. I'm assuming some sort of animation award. Oh, I was thinking of that little girl with the big fro that's really yeah, yeah. obnoxious and sings <laughs> a lot. Little orphan Annie. Sure. Yeah. I was, maybe they give you an orphan as your prize. <laughs> and you're like, be. I don't want this. And then you have to find the black market in the deep web and see how you can sell an orphan to somebody. And it just, uh, just so much work involved. So, Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not too informed about the Annie Award, so it could be that. Who knows? <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah, probably. More than likely. Also, uh, the names Muriel and Eustace are taken from the middle names of Chandler Bing and Ross Geller from Friends. Oh, really? Yep. I didn't. Well, I never really watched Friends. So, I mean, I knew of Friends and I'd seen it, but I, I did not like Friends. So I didn't watch it. Yeah, I watched it, but I don't remember them. I don't remember their middle names. So I'm sure they didn't mention them too often. Yeah. A series creator, John Dilworth, placed major emphasis on the audio effects of the show. So. He wanted to have original, fresh-sounding music and noises throughout the episodes. They had to sound tense, exciting, funny, scary, all kinds of things. But he was very strict about this to the point where like, he made it very difficult on the audio engineers that were working with him because they kind of had to come up with new songs like every single episode or something. That's cool though because that's something I definitely noticed. Um, the the sound effects were top notch. Uh, w- oh, yeah. One of the things that I noticed that I loved is the little the sound that Courage's paws make when he runs. I picked up on that really quick and I loved it because it reminded me of actually having a dog that would you know run around on hardwood or something like that. It, it reminded me right of that, just a little softer. So I really appreciated that. I was like, man, they put a lot of thought into that stuff. Yeah, I wonder like what they use for a lot of these sounds. I mean, they didn't really use anything stock at all. Yeah, everything was their originals. Uh, I mean, even if they were um, paying respects or homage to other songs, then they would kind of make their own version of it. They wouldn't just use the other song directly. Cool. In addition to hiding his name or D.I.L. in every episode, a sketch of creator John Dilworth can be seen throughout most episodes in various locations, predominantly on the wall near the stairs in the house. So oh, weird. He's kind of all over the place in these episodes. That's cool. Yeah, in, in some fashion, at least. Um, oh, also, that's awesome. uh, lastly, Courage's dialogue decreased after the first season. This is because the creator, the creators at Cartoon Network, thought Courage talked too much and wanted his dialogue cut short. And that's something I can agree with. And here's why because, like, Coming into this, I didn't even know Courage talked at all. Like, I was kind of hoping that he didn't because it was more amusing to me when he was just making noises, like those frantic, worried noises that he makes all the time. Yeah. And uh, it was a better show in my mind because of that. But then he he talked a couple times and it wasn't much and it didn't bother me that much, but it just felt kind of out of place 
when the rest of the episode he's just murmuring or you know whimpering and things like that yeah it's kind of interesting too because when he does talk he's never talking to like his owners he's only talking he's either breaking the fourth wall and talking to us or he's talking to one of the villains or something right. like that. But yeah, he's he never talks to his owners. So I guess it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to be able to talk. And honestly, I didn't remember him talking at all when I started watching this. And then I looked up on IMDb. I was like, oh, they actually have a voice actor. This is for him. I was like, oh, I guess, you know, someone's going to make the noises. But then the first episode, he's talking. And I'm like, I don't remember that. I don't remember him talking. So yeah. That actually, that'll segue me into my memories of the show, which are kind of like, I knew it existed, but I never watched it for whatever reason. I guess I didn't correlate that show with horror movies because I had never seen it, so I didn't know what it was. So I just never gave it a chance, to be fair. And maybe at the time I was just watching more anime than anything. I really feel like I missed out. Like, as, as a horror fan myself and seeing it mixed with the comedic elements, I kind of feel bad that I missed this when I was growing up. Yeah, I I watched it, and uh, in all honesty, it kind of creeped me out. Yeah, there's there's one episode in particular that gave me freaking nightmares forever, and I made sure that we watched it for this episode. <laughs> so that was that was interesting. Yeah, it's one that I definitely remember watching quite a bit. I just didn't remember a whole lot of stuff from it, other than a few characters, a few situations, and that it freaked me the heck out. Yeah, so this was actually, I mean, it was your idea to watch this show, and I'm, I'm really glad that you chose it because, like I said, I'd never seen it before, and I'm kind of ashamed of myself that I didn't. <laughs> but let's go ahead and jump right into the three episodes we watched for today's show so I can talk a little bit more about that. Very first episode, highest rated episode, and finally, random listener chosen episode. Order may vary depending on how these episodes follow chronologically, but of course, we have to start with the very first episode being Night at the Cat's Motel, Season 1, Episode 1, Part A. In this one, Muriel Eustace encouraged check into a motel run by a sinister cat named Cats, and it turns out to be a very long night when Cats turns his spiders loose on them. Cats actually um, returns quite often. Yeah, I've heard he was a recurring character. Yeah, he's actually voiced by the same guy that voices um, someone in the next episode. We'll we'll get to that, but I'll mention it then. First thing you notice is the big scary cat who owns this hotel or motel. The the thing that made me start taking notes is where it's the room number that they went to was six 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 and a half. That's like your first sign that you're like, okay, this is going to be a little bit sinister kind of cartoon. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be <laughs> interesting. And, and the cat is very red and like, um, you know, in that devilish kind of way and very angular. So I mean, they just they they gave the cat kind of a sinister look. Yeah, he he looks very devilish as is and. Yeah. Some what's weird, what's always weird about things like this to me, shows like this where the main one of the main characters or the main character is Courage and he is a dog who is a pet and he only speaks very rarely and presumably his owners can't really understand him. But then there's this motel owner who is a cat and <laughs> he they obviously understand him and he is no one's pet. So yeah. It's almost like the whole uh, Disney thing where Pluto is and a goofy. pet dog yeah. and Goofy is like a, a sentient know, dog, an evolved dog. Yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of a case where um, Eustace and Muriel don't notice that it's a cat and not a person, you know? You know, it could also be like Rocco's Modern Life where Rocco oh, yeah, has easily. a dog. I mean, Rocco's a, 
He's um, a wallaby. Wallaby, and he has that dog, yeah. Spunky, I think. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah, I think it's just they kind of played around with it and just they just let it not make sense. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> because it makes it funny anyway. True. But they, they play this music every time the cat is around, and it's really creepy. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know how to describe it other than it just kind of... It, it, it's not creepy, per se, I guess. It's just like a music that kind of makes you a little bit uneasy. You know, like you're kind of waiting for something not great to happen. You're like, uh, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah, about this. Right. Like this, this is not going to be anything good. You kind of think about it differently now that I mentioned that they put so much emphasis on the music in the episodes, too. Oh, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, that's stuff that it stood out to me. But now that you brought that up and to my attention, I'm like... Yeah, yeah, they really did put a lot of effort into it. Now it's just really like at the forefront, so it's very right. noticeable. Um, one thing I noticed uh, that I thought was kind of cool: there's several instances when like Courage gets scared and he like screams or something like that. They do the cartoony like his, his eyes get big and pop out of his head. Sometimes his tongue becomes detached when he's screaming. That reminds me a lot of like Ren and Stimpy, which I'm sure Ren and Stimpy also took cues from other things that came before, like Tom and Jerry or something. But yeah, remind me a lot of that kind of thing. Because uh, Ren and Stimpy, I would say, is mainly for adults. Yeah. Typically, you know, like Tom and Jerry is for all ages, but aimed towards kids. And this is kind of an in between because this has some right. really like grotesque scenery and things mm-hmm. that. I mean, I know that certain parents were concerned about this show in general, like showing their kids this show and maybe rightfully so, but uh, I don't, I don't know. Like there's just some really disturbing imagery. Yeah. I mean, it was enough that I remember being like freaked out by it when I saw it when I was younger. So you decided to bring it back and face your fears. Yeah. Yeah. Just traumatized myself all over again. Yeah. Yeah. It's somewhere in between being like fun and silly and being actually genuinely disturbing yeah if this didn't have comedy to it like if you had if you cut scenes out of this of comical scenes and just left like a string of the really terrifying ones this would be a really frightening show yeah it really could be um so basically what happens is like he's got all these creepy spiders in this back room and just he lets them loose to feed on on um, the tenants on the group yeah yeah on the people who were staying with him like Anytime you get the idea, because he kind of mentions it, anytime that people come to stay at his motel, he feeds them to his spiders. And I, I guess I didn't understand the correlation between spiders and cats, but I think that's one of those things also, yeah, like you were saying, it doesn't need to make sense. It just, yeah. it is. And so you let it be. It might be a case of they're just like, okay, we want some creepy spiders. And, oh, I've got this idea for this cat character that we want this cat to reoccur in like so many episodes. So let's just go with it kind of thing. He has a sign that says um, no dogs. So they put courage outside and the humans go upstairs. And so cats figures it's easy pickings. He sets a spider loose on courage who is his leash is attached to a beam outside that he can't get off. And then um, the humans upstairs are, well, Murray, Muriel, I have a hard time saying the name, Muriel, is taking a bath and a spider comes out of the drain and tries to attack her. And Eustace is just sleeping through the entire... He sleeps yeah, through yeah, the whole yeah. episode. Like, nothing wakes him up. Oh, yeah, he does. It's ridiculous. It's. I thought that was really funny because all the stuff <laughs> that happens to him and he just keeps sleeping. 
one of my one of the things that I do like about Courage they showed really well in this is his ability to just pull objects out of nowhere. <laughs> like when the one spider's coming up, he's like, "Uh oh!" and he's trying to like get off of his leash, and he, he's trying to pull on it, and he can't pull on it. So then he pulls out like like a chainsaw and a blowtorch and at one part he's like mixing chemicals and dripping acid on the leash and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just they just went like so ridiculous with it. It was it, great. It, it was really funny the payoff to that. Actually, I like that scene altogether because I love scenes where you've got this in this something is chasing you or coming towards you and it keeps cutting between the thing getting closer and you trying to do something. Yeah. And this was one of those scenes even going through the blowtorch, the hacksaw, the acid, whatever, like none of that works. And he finally just bites through it. He's like, oh, OK. And then just starts <laughs> yeah. running. That's when you get to hear the little pitter patter of his feet, which is adorable. Yeah. I love it. Something else like you were seeing about him pulling objects out of midair or out of thin air. He uh, he can also transform into objects as part of his communication. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I that's, what I, that's why I thought he didn't talk was because. To communicate with his owners, he starts like changing into objects. I mean, maybe not literally. Maybe it's just like a, an exaggeration, and it probably is. But in what you're seeing is him turning into these random objects, like like I don't know, like a boat or, or I mean, a I can't snake even, or something. A snake, like that. yeah, just weird objects. I don't know. I, I think that the audience is supposed to have a, a skewed perspective because we are seeing things the way that Courage thinks about them. Uh-huh. So if he's trying to say something about a boat, for us, we see him physically turn into a boat, but the humans would not actually see that happen. To them, it's just, he's just barking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's how I took it as well. But yeah. I just thought it was interesting because I didn't it, think yeah, he was like a, like a metamorph or anything like that. Yeah, it's just super cartoon is <laughs> yeah. all it is. And, uh, and I think that it lends itself better than that he eventually they make him not talk so much because it makes much more sense. Plus, For him to I be think changing into those things, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's funnier if he doesn't talk that much. Like, I don't want him to explain exposition or anything like that. Just let the gags happen. And to be fair, like, he doesn't really give exposition or anything when he does talk. He just kind of yeah, makes, not much, really. like, off remarks Yeah, um, just about things that are happening. Happening. Cats, um, he has one line that he said a couple of times, which is like, I wish you hadn't done that. <laughs> oh, yeah. He does say that quite a few times. This takes a weird left turn when Courage confronts Cats, and then he challenges him to a game of, like, squash where he's throwing the ball against the wall and they, they just have to kind of go back and forth with that. Yeah, they're doing it with their hands instead of like rackets. But he does anything. get a racket out at one point. Uh, towards does. the end, yeah, yeah, he pulls it out. But it's kind of funny because Courage is like like going out, all out, like doing as much as he can to hit this ball. Whereas the one part, like Cat's like laying down, reading a book, Drinking and not tea. even paying attention yeah. is, and his like tail just swipes it while he's not <laughs> yeah. even looking yeah <laughs> it's pretty good and courage is worn out yeah he's just dying because he's so tired <laughs> yeah i thought that was pretty good i like the end too finally what happens is muriel just like gets downstairs away from the spider that was attacking her and just whacks that cat over the head with the with the racket and essentially right. kills him because he falls <laughs> over and he's got x's for eyes so i'm like oh <laughs> yeah that cat's dead. <laughs> <laughs> cats have nine lives, though, so he's fine. 
Yeah, which makes sense because he comes back quite often. Yeah, and then when they escaped the hotel, Eustace was about to be eaten as well, so he's wrapped up in in webbing, but still asleep. When Muriel is driving them back to the, the farmhouse, she's like, oh, that's a nice blanket. Like, that's a fancy blanket. We should get you one. She's commenting on the web that he has around yeah. them. Yeah, they're very, like... Um just not all there. They're, they're really unaware of yeah. everything that's going on. The, yeah, that's it. They're, they're very unaware of what's happening around them. Which Oblivious. Is, and that's where Courage really comes in and he has to be the hero. Yeah, Courage is hyper aware of what's going on because <laughs> yeah. he's so anxious and panicky. Yeah. And, um, and one, the funny thing is, too, is that he is not a courageous dog. He is scared of everything. Yeah. But it's I mean, kind of like, and, and even sometimes he'll just run away. Even when somebody's in danger, he just runs first. And, but it, <laughs> he, he has those moments where he's like, well, they're going to die if I don't, you know, take care of it. So he's just kind of forced to do it. But he still yeah. screams like the entire time, like he's terrified. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's part of the, that's one of the great things about the show is he's like going against his his better interest yeah constantly like that's the that's what drives the show that's the plot yeah he it's um, it's kind of scooby-doo-ish in that way yeah like yeah, you're he's right. terrified of everything but he does it because he has to yeah yeah but he's the hero yeah at the end of the day yeah oh man and usually the humans just don't even realize anything wrong was happening so <laughs> he gets like no recognition <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the next episode we watched for today's show was Freaky Fred. Okay, so Muriel's cousin Fred comes over, and Eustace is, he knows he doesn't want to have anything to do with him. He keeps calling him a freak, and he just, like, wants him gone. But he has, like, a dark secret, and Courage is really the only one who seems to see it. Man, this was a disturbing episode, just because yeah. of the one freaking word that he says... The way he says it. So much. Oh, God. Like, he's constantly rhyming in his head, or even when he's talking, he rhymes. Yeah, yeah. It's he he's very Dr. Seuss-ish in the way he talks. Everything ends with him saying something about being naughty. Yeah. And uh like when I was watching it, it was like <laughs> freaking me out so much like i it was just it's nails on a chalkboard turned up to a hundred for me yeah and he said it so much i i like messaged joseph i was like dude i'm gonna barf like watching this episode (laughs) (laughs) just this sound of this guy's voice is gonna make me barf and it turns out he's actually a a barber um he's based on the sweeney todd character the demon barber of fleet street but uh he has a kind of one of those like um hospital bracelets on where he was i think he was in like an institute for naughty barbers or something yeah that's what it was because he when he says he was naughty they just i don't know they kind of lead you to think that something worse is coming like he's a serial killer or something I, i think i think it said freaky barbers yeah freaky barbers um, they lead you to think like he's some sort of serial killer. So you're super uneasy the entire time. Oh, yeah. But really, I mean, the only naughty thing he does is he he can't help but just shave people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so he's not... got like electric clippers and he just constantly shaves everybody. Did you ever read any of those stories, um, scary stories to tell in the dark? Those books? Yeah. 
Yeah. This is what that reminded me of so much because of the rhyme to yeah. it and how he ended every sentence in naughty. And you didn't know you didn't know what the resolution was gonna be or what he would what he had actually done until kind of towards the end. Yeah. Where he gets trapped in a room with Cur- well well, courage gets trapped in a room with him in the bathroom because Eustace put like a deadbolt lock on there, a padlock. Yeah. Without a key. <laughs> Just so he could lock him in there and keep him away from him because he's yeah. freaked out by him. And then the the funny part of that was like Muriel told Eustace he had to go to the um, – because they didn't have a key for it. So <laughs> yeah. she said he had to go to the hardware store and get bolt cutters and stuff. And he's like, fine, stupid dog, his thing. But anyway um, – <laughs> But instead, oh. he just does all this random stuff, and it constantly cuts back and forth between Courage being constantly tortured and shaved by by Fred and Eustace, like, on a beach or, like, <laughs> taking yeah. a nap somewhere and stuff like or that. reading a magazine, yeah. Yeah, going to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> he was completely trapped in there with him, and this is when we figure out, we find out what his naughtiness is, which is, like you said where he can't help but shave hair around yeah. him. And he he tells a story of this girlfriend he used to have with really long hair. And or first he tells it of like a, a gerbil he had or something. And he shaved <laughs> oh, yeah, it. The gerbil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then his girlfriend. And then at the same time, he's starting to shave courage, like literally hairless. Except for his tail. Except for his tail, which he doesn't quite get to. Yeah, before the, um, I guess, the caretakers of the freaky barber home that he escaped from, or or at least yeah. know, maybe he was released, I don't know, but they, they come after him and, and yeah, get him. Yeah, because it's like, it's like one of those things on the back of trucks where it says, you know, if, if you've had trouble like if if you've seen this driver do something then call this number yeah that's what it's like on his bracelet and there's that number on it too yeah so while courage is getting shaved he finally rips the bracelet off and dials yeah the numbers so they come <laughs> after him but one thing that it it, it was creepy was the uh, when he's telling the story about his girlfriend or fiance or or whoever she was as he's telling the story, they're showing this like painting, a very stylized painting of her, and it's like zooming in on it, mm. and it's just giving me the creeps. Like, there's no <laughs> real good way to explain it other than just the the. It, I mean, it's just a painting of a woman, but it was creepy, and you just you're expecting something way more sinister to happen. Yeah, but it's just that the then it shows the picture again with her head shaved and she's looking pissed off. <laughs> that's that's it. So what about that? Uh, at one point during that, it has this sound effect. And I think it only does it like twice where it's just like, la, la. Oh, God. La. Yeah. Yes. The music. Yeah, that was terrifying. Seriously, it makes you shiver. It's so creepy. Yeah. Oh, um, the I just wanted to say real quick, because the the actor that did his voice, it was so creepy that I'm like, I had to give that guy props because that's excellent. But he's also the same guy that voices cats. Um, his oh, name is okay. Paul Schofler. He's really not in that much other than Courage Cowardly Dog. He's only made like um, maybe seven or eight other just bit appearances and other shows and stuff and and that's it he's mainly just on courage 
It's a shame that guy wasn't in more stuff because his voice was really notable and yeah. really creepy in certain scenes. Just listening to how he talked in that voice and listening to Cats, he you can tell this was like a classically trained theater actor kind of guy, which mm. is probably why he doesn't have a whole lot of IMDb stuff because I'm guessing this guy probably did a lot of theater more than anything else. Like, it's just certain people, when they do theater, you can hear it in their voice. Yeah. You, I mean, you, you look at guys like Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart that are famous for doing a ton of theater, among other things, obviously. But if you notice, their voices have very similar things to it, and this guy's voice has a very similar quality. Mm, yeah, that's true. Let's jump into the third episode we watched for today's show, which was King Ramsey's Curse. Season one, episode seven, part A. This was chosen by Chris. Why'd you choose this, Chris? This was the episode that I saw of Courage that stuck with me and gave me actual nightmares. Like, I legitimately had nightmares about this episode of Courage <laughs> in particular. And I, anytime I thought of Courage, I thought of this. And it was terrifying at the time. And, like, even, like, the, the intro title alone like made me groan out loud Oh because <laughs> they're just, you know, it's an intro. It's just an image, but you can hear the, the ah, music to it. And I'm like, ah, mm. oh, no. In this one, an ancient artifact is stolen from a museum. Courage discovers it buried outside the house. Unfortunately, it carries a curse with it and Eustace refuses to return it, believing he can claim a fortune for it. I think that's hilarious. The whole, like, Eustace in this just cracks me up because oh, he's man. just so stubborn. I love that he thinks it's the uh, professor who came earlier the entire time. Like, yeah, he thinks it's just, just that guy dressed joke. up. <laughs> Even after the plagues start hitting, he still does not believe that it's a curse. So let's let's preface this with the episode basically starts out with um, you're seeing, like, this... This car, this old-fashioned car speeding down, and you got two cats in there. One of them is cats, and then there's yeah. another cats. And they're dressed like old-school mobsters. Right. And they're yeah. being pursued by something, and they finally um, get out of the car, and they're going to bury what they have as a slab. Mm-hmm. Uh, just saying the word. Oh, God. Oh, that, um, <laughs> that sound effect. They they buried the slab. <sighs> Every time I say slab, I'm getting like PTSD from this crap. Um, they, they they try to bury it because they're being pursued by this um, spirit, I guess, or whatever, of King Ramses who's cursed them. Mm-hmm. And he uh, keeps saying his, his thing that he says through the whole episode that freaked me out. Anyway, he curses them and he sends like this giant cloud of locusts in and and the cloud of locusts devours them completely. The car and everything. Yeah, this is one of those things where I could see this being a little hard on kids. Yeah, if oh god. <laughs> Mommy, what happened to the cats? <laughs> They're bad cats, so they were eaten by bugs, as you will when you die one day. <laughs> Um, I'm sure that's how that would go. It it happened right outside of their home. And I don't remember how it happened. It was maybe he, one of the cats threw it or when they got attacked, maybe they threw it by accident, but the slab ends up, did it break through their window or did it just land outside and courage found it and brought it inside? It landed outside. Courage heard the explosion of the car or something. And then uh, I think that's what propelled it was the car exploding. And then uh, he went outside, dug up the slab, and 
gave it to it yeah to Houston. Eustis and, and Mur- Muriel. Muriel. God, yeah. it's so hard to say. <laughs> Very Irish names. But they saw a news report that was talking about the slab being stolen. That's worth a million dollars. So Eustis is like, I'm rich. And immediately, I love his logic here. He wants to keep it and then sell it for money specifically to buy new lawn chairs. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's what he wants with this million dollars, just to buy and, lawn chairs. And to replace the the uh, <laughs> light bulb in the attic. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm like, what? There was one line that he said before he hears the that it's worth a million dollars. He goes through this whole spiel when he picks it up. And like tries to throw it away. Yeah. And then they see the news report and he freaks mm-hmm. out. And then he can't be like he can't. He like sleeps with it like cradled in his arms and everything. <laughs> it's hilarious. And then we, we keep getting I mean, throughout this episode, much like the naughty from last episode, we get the return the slab. And uh, but well, before that happens, this curator guy from like a museum, like an archaeologist dude shows up at their door. And he's like, have you seen this slab kind of thing? Eustace is just like, you can buy it from me if you've got money. And the guy's like, it belongs in a museum. And and he's like, what's your offer? (laughs) Just slams the door on him. (laughs) He offers him a tote bag. Oh, yeah, he does offer a tote bag. And he's just, no. So then King Ramsey's, um, the King Ramsey's spirit starts like haunting them basically from the road. He's just out there in the middle of nowhere going, return the slab and doing the creepy animation with his arms. And, oh, God, I'm going to barf. Yeah. He looked like he looked kind of like a CG character. Like, he yeah. was animated in a weird way. And it made it even creepier because yeah. of it. It gave him, like, oh. a real ethereal look. The animation style, the look, the voice, everything about it was just, oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, so he tells them that you're going to be visited by three plagues, each worse than the last. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like I said, Eustace thinks he's still the professor in a costume, so he doesn't believe right. him. And the first thing that happens, the first plague that happens is just their house is flooded. Like they just, yeah. the house is just filled with water, almost going to drown. And then courage, <laughs> well, fortunately. Eustace isn't going to drown. He's <laughs> he's sitting at the bottom of the, like, I mean, their house is filled with water. Oh, Muriel's yeah. drowning and courage is drowning. And Eustace is sitting at the bottom, just grabbing onto it. Like the, um, the slab with a snorkel with on. Yeah. yeah. He's just sitting down there completely fine. Just being stubborn. Uh, luckily and there's a drain in their house or something. Yeah. Yeah. And Courage pulls the plug and the spirit's just like, oh, come on. The second plague was hilarious. It was uh, this terrible, <laughs> yes. this terrible music. music that was playing. The, the music Ramsey's. <laughs> the man and God's. The man and God. It's yeah. so funny. I never like, I remember that song <laughs> back in the day, but I never paid attention to the words until now. And now I think yeah. that's hilarious. King Ramses, the man of gods, the man of gods. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. It's super loud. And like, that's the plague that almost gets everybody. Cause like, yeah. like Eustace and Muriel are just screaming in agony because <laughs> the music's so bad. <laughs> you, luckily, luckily, Courage is able to go and find the record player that's blasting this <laughs> and just breaks it. It yeah. was in the chicken coop. <laughs> The spirit yeah. hit it in the chicken coop. 
Um, <laughs> so then he calls the locusts, and the locusts start devouring the house. I mean, it's almost completely gone, and they're obviously going to go down with it when Eustace is like, fine, and finally just throws the slab out the window so the locusts go away and everything. And then um, I guess Eustace is just like, ah, <laughs> like changes his mind immediately and runs out and yeah. tries to take it again. And the spirit's just like, you son of... He's like, you know, does the whole return the slab thing again. And Eustace tells him, he's like, well, you're out of ammo. What else you got? And then what he does is... He puts him into the slab as part of the Oh, he curse. becomes one of the curses. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. the next curse. Yeah, that's which is really funny because the they show the the um the museum gets the slab back, they show it back on the sarcophagus, and then they show the slab, they zoom in on it, and it shows him, and you just hear him go, What's your offer? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Eustace dies quite often in this show. <laughs> Like, he constantly gets killed by things, but he's always back in the next episode like nothing happened, you know? Very yeah. Kenny South Park style. Yeah, like, there's no continuity. Right. There's definitely a series that you could watch um, Any out episode. of order. Yeah. yeah kind of like we did. And you're still going to get a full satisfactory episode because it doesn't rely on any other ones necessarily. Yeah. Every once in a while, a character might come back, but a lot of times it doesn't really matter. Like you saw the chicken coop from outer, or you saw the chicken from outer space. Yeah, the the follow up episode before you saw the pilot, and I had no idea that it was a follow up. Like I wouldn't have known. Maybe right. maybe I would have known, and I'm just not remembering. But I don't remember anything about it telling me that it would be a follow up. So, right. Well, Chris, it's about time we put on our freakiest mask and scare our inner kids into telling us what they thought of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Um, this cartoon was cool and kind of funny, but mostly it just freaked me out. And I'm going to have nightmares about King Ramses forever. I give this cartoon four bowls of Traumatized for Life cereal out of five. And I'm just going to stay here under my blanket and not go near any slabs or motels or get into any trouble so I don't ever have to hear the word naughty again. Uh... This fun mixture of horror and comedy was absolutely right up my alley, especially with some of the unusual, grotesque imagery that was on display. In truth, while some parents may think this show is a bit much for their children, I think it all depends on the lens that you view it through. You could look at it as disgusting, over-the-top, shameless cartoon violence, or you could look at it as a heartwarming tale of the undying loyalty of a dog who is acting against his very nature to selflessly protect the ones he loves, even when one of them clearly doesn't deserve it. That's my take on it anyway. I'd give Courage the Cowardly Dog 4.5 big bowls of Cat's Cornflake cereal, now with spooky spider marshmallows, out of 5, and I'd definitely say you should check this one out. Because if you don't, that would be quite naughty. Oh, come on. Ugh, that creeped me out. Yeah. Note to self, never say naughty again. Oh. Lousy courage ruining words for me. I still sleep with that blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I need it, or else I, I feel like King Ramses is going to come for me. King Ramses! <laughs> I don't have any slabs! Go away! <laughs> so do you have any final thoughts about Courage Cowardly Dog? Man, I feel bad about not having seen this show before. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, and anything that mixes horror into... any Anything that mixes horror elements into it, I'm going to enjoy just by default. So this is a huge win for me, and... 
I'm probably going to watch the rest of the episodes. If they're anything like the quality of these, which it sounds like they are, then I know they're going to be great. So great show. Thanks for suggesting this, Chris. Yeah, no problem. Um, I love the creepy aesthetic of this show, and it's got some good humor. But God, did it freak me out when it first aired. So I like I kind of go back and forth between being really drawn to it because of the sinister aspect because like you I'm, I'm kind of drawn towards that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but on the other hand I as a kid and and still have a very overactive imagination so it's very hard for me to um, you know make that divide and not freak myself out watching stuff um, which is something I struggle with with horror movies quite often um, I can't do gore at all for that reason because I just can't separate it in my mind. Um, so it like this show doesn't bother me as much now, but there's still, you know, those characters that were so well done and some of the things that they say and do that it's impossible for me to not shiver while like hearing or watching it. So they did a great job. Yeah, the audio is just top notch on the creep factor. Yes, absolutely. And it was a beautiful looking show too, like the um the animation, the um the backgrounds actually especially were very um really nice to look at. I mean, it was just a beautiful Yeah, I mean they, they were almost kind of surreal in a way too. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. I I love it. It's great. Good stuff. Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. Next week as a second episode of our month-long October event we're watching Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers, chosen by, well, you, if if you voted for it. We did a poll on Twitter and on Instagram, and um, so if you voted for Scooby-Doo, thanks, because uh, this is your pick. Yeah, that's awesome. We will be doing a couple more polls. We're not, um, the week after, we're not doing one, but the next two weeks after that, the last two weeks of October will both be chosen by you. So if you didn't get a chance to vote in this last one, make sure that you pay attention in a couple weeks because I will let you know when you can go and vote. It'll probably be on a Saturday. So you can go to Twitter or you can go to Instagram and you'll be able to vote for some of the next cartoons. And we'll let you know um, when that's going to happen. So thank you for those who participated in this last one. It was really fun. Yeah, I really appreciate anybody who did take the time to vote. And uh Really, anytime you want to give us any input, suggest new episodes. I mean, we have a huge list right now of people who have been suggesting episodes to watch or shows to watch. But, you know, the more the merrier. Let's just fill this bucket. We we definitely are going almost all the way through December right now with our requests. Nice. So thank you, everybody, for all the requests because we've got a lot. So, I mean, it just it's a cool feeling, though, that that many people are, are into the show. So thank you very much. Uh, Nerd Sloth has a Patreon, so if you do like the show, and if you want to help support this show or any of the other shows on the network, you can go to Patreon and you can make a a monthly donation. It'd be super helpful. We're we're trying to cover our our overhead costs and get to a point where we can do some really cool things for everybody, like like have t-shirts made and available for people and, and do more events and stuff like that, so... If you do go and donate, thank you very much. We love you. We love you so much. If you want to help us out but can't donate any money, you can go to iTunes and give us a review, and that is the easiest way to help us without you know having to empty your pockets and throw any shekels. Even if you don't want to help us, 
I still love you. I, I 90% love you, even if you don't help us at all. <laughs> 90%. Yeah. I mean, if you're hearing this, that means you're listening to the show, which means I love you. So King Ramses. <laughs> now, they're just... gonna, now they're going to stop listening to it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, well, once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Ramses. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.